Welcome to the Cornerstone Baptist Church podcast. My name is Justin Wheeler. I am the preaching pastor for Cornerstone, and today we are in week 49 of our journey through the Heidelberg Catechism. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about question 124. And if you remember from the last couple of weeks, what we're doing at this particular stage as we round out our study in the Heidelberg is we are working our way through the Lord's Prayer. Uh, the Lord's Prayer that comes to us in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. And what we're doing is we're focusing on one phrase at a time, just trying to understand this prayer that the Lord has taught us to pray. And today, uh, we are going to focus on this particular phrase, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, this is our prayer to the Father. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so the the question before us today in the Heidelberg Catechism is, what does this mean? What is this third petition? And the answer is, well, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven means help us and all people to reject our own wills and to obey your will without any backtalk. Your will alone is good. Help us, one and all, to carry out the work we are called to, as willingly and faithfully as the angels in heaven. Now, I think that uh, this particular aspect of the Lord's Prayer is going to be one of the more difficult, one of the more controversial aspects of the Lord's Prayer, and for several reasons. And it, it, both of them have to do with this idea of the will of God, right? There is a lot of confusion in uh, Christian thought and Christian churches and Christian theology over uh, this idea of the will of God in a general way. Is God's will for us something akin to a step-by-step knowledge of every facet of our lives? I mean, is God telling us where to buy our groceries, um, where to buy our coffee, uh, what food do we eat, all these different things? Uh, is God's will some mysterious thing? God, reveal to me your will for my life. Help me to understand who I'm supposed to marry and where I'm supposed to go to college and what I'm supposed to do with the rest of my life. Is God's will some mysterious thing that is hidden and we are asking in this prayer for God to reveal that to us? Or is God's will something that is fixed and knowable, right? And then so there's a confusion around what is this will of God, what is it all about? And then second, there is also quite a bit of insistence within the Christian world for our will as human beings to be seen as the greatest gift that God has ever given to man. Right? We hear these discussions when people try to argue their position on free will, which, which we could define as libertarian free will. And, and they would say that man's free will is a sacred thing. In, in, and what that means in many Christian circles is that it would be wrong for God to violate the will of a human being in any way. That since God has given us free will, He must allow us to exercise our free will in whatever way we choose. And if He is to violate our will in any way to accomplish His greater purpose or any greater will that He might have, then, then God is somehow wrong for doing that. Now, that sounds absurd on its face, but I've had that conversation with a handful of people in my lifetime. Uh, so what is it? What is the will of God? And how, how is God's will, how does it stack up to our will? Those are some questions that we have to understand. And in order for us to, to get a grasp on what it is that we're praying for here, when we say your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we need to really try to understand more thoroughly what the will of God is. 
And so theologically, when we break things down as we read Scripture and we extrapolate from Scripture what we see there, we tend to think about the will of God in at least three categories. Uh, Some people would only say two categories, but I'm going to say at least three categories. And first, there's something that theologians refer to as God's will of decree— or what we might refer to as the sovereign will of God. And this refers to what God has ordained to happen from before the world was made. God's will of decree is fixed. It is absolute. It cannot, it will not be changed. And we see language in the scriptures to help us grasp this will of decree. In Isaiah 46, 9, we read, God says, I am God and there is none like me declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. I have spoken and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed and I will to do it. Now, what God is referring to there is he, he has a plan. He has a sovereign plan. And that plan is something that we would understand to be his will, his purpose, and his purpose will stand. It cannot be thwarted. Whatever God has decreed to take place will unquestionably take place, right? We also see God's will of decree in action within the New Testament. When we look at Ephesians 1, and we, we're trying to understand, the Apostle Paul is trying to help us understand this, this coming of Christ and what it means in the divine counsel of God's will. And he says this in Ephesians 1, 4. He says, He chose us in Him. And that is, He the Father chose us, those who believe in Him, that is Christ, before the foundation of the world, at the point of decree, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will. And this is the will of decree. This is what God planned and purposed to do before the foundation of the world. In verse 11 of Ephesians 1, we read this, In Him we have obtained an inheritance, because we've been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. His predestination, His purpose, His working, all of these things are in accordance with the counsel of His will, particularly the will of decree. And so as we look at Scripture, we would understand one category of God's will is that He has a plan. And this plan was set in motion before the creation of the universe. This plan has been unfolding for ages, and it was ultimately accomplished when Jesus came to earth and laid down His life to save God's people from their sin. This plan continues to play out as the good news of Jesus Christ spreads to the four corners of the earth, and it will be consummated when Christ returns to judge the living and the dead and then usher in His kingdom upon earth. So from start to finish, this plan of God will be accomplished precisely according to God's decree, God's will. Um, You can also see God's will of decree in how He upholds his sovereign purpose down to the very smallest detail. He tells us in Matthew that um, that the hairs of our head are numbered and not a single sparrow falls to the ground that the Father doesn't know about it. So this is not just big picture stuff. This is that God is accomplishing his big picture even through the smaller details. And, and this detail of God's will is beyond our comprehension. But such is the knowledge and will of God. God has a plan for everything, and He carries out that plan to perfection. This is God's will of decree. 
Now, there's a second category, and it addresses God's will of desire, uh, sometimes referred to as His will of command. There's, a, there's what God decrees will happen, and there's what God commands or desires to happen. And this aspect of God's will has to do with what He desires from us, from His creatures. And where the will of decree cannot be undone, God's will of desire can be disobeyed. Um, so take, for instance, the Ten Commandments. I'm preaching through the Ten Commandments right now. And in the Ten Commandments, they lay out to us what God's desire for His people is in the world, how they are to live. It gives moral direction for uh, our lives. And these commands reflect the very moral character of God Himself. But even though it is God's will that mankind keep the Ten Commandments, these commandments are broken and disregarded every single day. It is God's will that we love Him and not the world. It is God's will that we obey Him. But in our rebellion, we disobey. And so when you see it in this way, you would understand God's will of desire refers to the call of mankind to obey the commands of God. And, and here are a few passages that support this. Um, in 1 Thessalonians 4.3, we read this, For this is the will of God your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. The calling there is for us to control our bodies and to control our sexuality, our sexual urges, and to be sanctified through abstaining from sexual sin, right? And this is the will of God. This is God's will of command for us, His desire for us. In 1 John 2, we read this, Do not love the world, or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life, these things are not from the Father, but they're from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Now, that last phrase, verse 17 of 1 John 2, makes clear that this aspect of God's will is connected with desire. It relates to something that we are called to do. It relates to the way God commands us to live. So we've got the, the will of uh, decree, we have the will of command, um, and then we have the will of direction. That's the third category. And um, I'm really pulling on Kevin DeYoung's work uh, in his book, Just Do Something, where he, I mean, I'm using his categories anyway. He says um, that this God, God's will of direction, it, it describes how God directs us in making non-moral decisions on a day-to-day basis. I really believe that when most of us talk about the will of God for our lives, we're talking about this. Like, how, how does God direct us in the day-to-day decisions? Um, these are decisions about where to live, what job to take, what person to marry, what to spend your money on, how much money to save, how many kids to have, all of these different things. And, and this is that aspect of the will of God, I think, personally, that is uh, most often abused. Uh, we, we just don't understand how God directs us in this. When we talk about God, God's will of direction, we're really asking the question, does God have a plan for me that He expects me to live out? And in reality, the answer is yes. God does have a plan for us. He does want our lives to be directed by Him, by His Spirit, and by His Word. And He does want us to live in a way that brings glory to Christ and joy to us. 
Um, he wants us to trust in his sovereign will of decree. He wants to fo- us to follow his will of command. And he wants us to be directed by his spirit and his word and the wisdom of his people when it comes to the direction of our lives. And so uh, those are the three categories of God's will. We understand God's will of decree, God's will of command, and God's will of direction. Okay, so get back to the Heidelberg. The question is this, which one of these are we praying for in the Lord's Prayer? When we say, your will be done, which one of these are we praying for? God's will of desire or God's will of command? Well, here's the answer again. Let's see if we can figure it out from the Heidelberg. The answer is, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and this means help us and all people to reject our own wills and to obey your will without any backtalk, right? So so I think it's really category two, right? We are praying for God's will to rule over our own. This is about God's will of command to be lived out in the way that we walk in this world. We're praying for our hearts to be so moved with love for our Heavenly Father that we reject our own wills our own volition, our own desires, and we obey His will, His volition, His desire without any argument. Now, I've been a Christian long enough to know that this is a big prayer because I don't always want to submit my will to His, and neither do you. Oh, sure, yeah. Ideally, we would never place our will over the will of God, but in reality, we do this all the time. Every time we sin, we are placing our desire over God's, our will over His. Every time we say, yeah, I know what the Bible says, but I want to do this, we are rejecting God's will and we are substituting our own. And so what this prayer is all about is, God, line up our hearts in such a way that we see that your will is best. In fact, that's what the Heidelberg says, that what we're we're saying is, God, your will alone is good. And here's what I think. When it comes to how we do the will of God here, um, there, there's a lot of different things we could look at in Scripture to, to see what is the specific will of God. What has God said is His will for our lives? What, what is His will for us as people that we're praying for? Well, here's just a few, uh, a few ideas to help you put handles on this thing that we're praying for. Number one, it is God's will and purpose to save sinners by faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ, right? So John 3.16 comes to mind. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. So when we pray, God, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we're praying that, that we and others would put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is Your will that Christ be submitted to as Lord, Savior, and King. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, it is God's will that we seek His kingdom above all else. Right? This is one of the commands that Jesus makes clear to us. He says this in Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So God wants us to seek Him first and, and seek His righteousness above everything. Number three, it is God's will that we pursue sanctification, holiness, right? In, in something that we would just refer to as a grace-motivated obedience to Jesus. Um, 
In 1 Thessalonians 4, we read, For you know what instructions we gave you through Jesus Christ, for this is the will of God. This is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality and that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. So it's God's will, not only that we believe in Christ, but that we seek the kingdom above everything else and that we pursue sanctification. We, we seek to be obedient to Jesus. Number four, it is God's will that we rejoice in the gospel. Pray to God and give thanks for all the blessings of God's grace. So 1 Thessalonians 5, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Number five, it is God's will that we bear fruit and increase in the knowledge of God. And this is closely associated with number three. Uh, but Colossians 1, be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So God wants us to be filled with the knowledge of His will so that we can walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So it's God's will that we bear fruit and increase in the knowledge of Him. Number six, it is God's will that we be filled with the Spirit of God. And this comes from Ephesians 5, verse 17. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And don't get drunk with wine, that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And we do that by addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So it's God's will that we're filled with the Spirit of God. And then number seven, and this will be the last one, it is God's will that we submit our lives to Him and that we are renewed in our minds by His Word. Now this comes from Romans 12. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So when we're praying, God, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we are praying, God, let, let me be subject to your will. Let me understand that your will is best and help me to carry out the work that you have called us to. And you, what he has called us to is that we believe in Jesus, that we seek his kingdom above everything else, that we pursue sanctification in obedience to Christ, that we rejoice in the gospel and pray and give thanks, that we bear fruit and increase in knowledge, that we're filled with the Spirit of God, and that we are living lives in submission to him and we're being renewed in our minds by his word. Now, all of this is wrapped up in our prayer. So this phrase in the Lord's Prayer is, is really, if I can summarize, is aiming to place God on the throne of our hearts and to help us recognize that His will alone is good. It is a prayer for God to help us because we know we're going to need help along the way. In fact, we're praying that He would work obedience in our lives such that it rivals the angels in heaven. And all of this starts with us. This prayer preoccupies us with God's glory and not ours, with God's kingdom, not ours, and with God's will, not our own. Now, thank you for joining me today to discuss this aspect of Christian prayer. Next week, we're going to continue to study uh, this particular uh, prayer of Jesus and go to the next phrase and look at some more things. And I hope it'll be helpful to you. I hope you'll join me for that discussion. Uh, Lord's Day 50, uh, question 125, I believe. 
And if you want to learn more about Cornerstone Baptist Church, you can find us online at cornerstonewiley.org. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at CBC Wiley. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cornerstonewiley. And you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play to stay up to date on all the new content. Thank you so much for listening.